48K News. It's one o'clock on Ben Chade headlines. Hong Kong's stock market operator says its derivatives market is working as normal after yesterday's glitch. The government is asking for public views on whether to change the law on resuscitation. Doubts over an appointment to the Independent Police Complaints Council. And the High Court refused to allow a judicial review into a decision not to prosecute former Hong Kong Chief Executive Si Wai Leung over a payment to him from Australian firm UGL. Hong Kong stock market operator says a system bug caused a suspension of derivatives trading yesterday and no human error or sabotage was involved. Hong Kong Exchanges and Clearing says it is now using an old version of the software and things are back to normal. CEO Charles Lee said procedures were now being reviewed and he hoped the incident wouldn't affect market confidence. We did the best we can. You know, suspending a market is a very big deal. You don't do it lightly. You don't do it the first moment of uh, trouble. You do it only when you start to see the market is no longer orderly. And I think at the end of the day, you know, we are looking at it, reviewing everything we have done, and hopefully we can minimize the opportunity and chances for this to ever happen again. But otherwise, uh, I think uh, have no, people should have no reason to question integrity of a market, the reliability of a market. Credit rating agency Fitch has downgraded its rating for Hong Kong from AA plus to AA, revising its outlook for the city to negative. The agency says one country, two systems principle is under threat because of the anti-extradition protests and mainland officials taking a more public stance on Hong Kong affairs. Fitch also said the recent protests had inflicted long-lasting damage to the international perceptions of the quality and effectiveness of the SAR government and rule of law. The government is asking for public views on whether to change the law so people who had stated that they don't want to be resuscitated in certain circumstances will have their wishes respected. Currently, guardians or doctors can override such requests from patients. The consultation will end in the middle of December. Labour Party lawmaker Fernando Zhang says numerous structural problems have been revealed over the past three months of unrest. Mr Zhang described the announcement by the chief executive Carrie Lam on Wednesday that she would withdraw the extradition bill as a baby step, lacking in sincerity. Mrs Lam yesterday said the withdrawal was to lay the foundation for dialogue on a way out of the political impasse. Mr Zhang said there could be no dialogue without Mrs Lam first announcing an independent inquiry into the whole saga. He also called for political reform. There is something wrong with the election structure. If we do not have a representative government, the government could ignore people's needs. Also, we've seen the one country, two systems gone down the drain. In the leaked audio, Carrie Lam admitted that she does not have much flexibility in dealing with the situation and it's quite apparent that the central government has taken over. So all these are very, very much structural problems. It cannot be resolved just by formally withdrawing the bill. A human rights group has called on the Independent Police Complaints Council to explain its decision to appoint Jerry McNeely to an expert panel that will look into the police's handling of anti-extradition protests. 
The founder of the Civil Rights Observer, Icarus Wong, made the call after a local Chinese newspaper revealed that Mr. McNeely, one of five international experts to join the IPCC panel, was involved in a scandal at the beginning of this year. Mr. McNeely was found to have held secretive back-channel chats with the police during an investigation into an officer's misconduct. The action was later ruled by the court as inappropriate and that it undermined the integrity of the public complaints process in Ontario. Because of the allegations involved, it's very serious, and the court criticized that it damaged the public complaint system in Canada against the police. So I think it is not really appropriate to be one of the experts to involve in the investigation in Hong Kong. For the fifth day since the new school year began, secondary school students and alumni have formed human chains near their campuses to press home the demands of the anti-extradition movement. Students join hands near Hotong Road in Kowloon Tong, where many schools are located. The Li Shaoqi School of Creativity, one of the schools targeted by pro-Beijing lawmaker Junius Ho for its class boycott campaign, also took part. Former student Ms. Lai says she joined the protest because of remarks by Mr. Ho, who has said class boycotts are illegal. When the society has become like this, students have to come out and spit out too. I think Mr. Ho should focus on his job. Instead of worrying about what students do, our school is a creativity school, so our uniform has many different colors. So I don't see what's the problem that we are wearing bad t-shirt to school because it's one of our uniform. We are boycotting class, but we have not stopped learning. We still return to school and learn from our teacher to discuss about this society problem. The Communist Party's official newspaper, The People's Daily, has lashed out at the Hong Kong Journalists Association, saying it should be investigated in an independent probe. In a piece published on its official Weibo account, the paper accused the association of double standards. It said the association stated press passes shouldn't be compulsory, even though it had previously suggested that a Global Times reporter, who was beaten up by anti-extradition protesters at the airport last month, should have worn his press pass. The the paper says the association is shameless and forgetful. It also accused the association of harboring reporters who are biased. A letter written by the founders of a new civil servants union is calling on the chief executive Carrie Lam to respond positively to the five demands of the anti-extradition movement, saying withdrawing the extradition bill alone won't pacify people's anger. The open letter also says Mrs. Lam should deal with Hong Kong's biggest political crisis since the handover in a fair and just manner. It said this would restore peace and heal divisions. The High Court has refused to allow a judicial review against the Department of Justice's decision not to prosecute former Hong Kong Chief Executive Si Wai Lung over a $50 million payment to him from Australian engineering firm UGL. Timmy Sung reports. Judge Anderson Chow said that two applications brought by League of Social Democrats Chang Kin Sing and Chen Chao Resta and Kwok Chak Kin are not reasonably arguable and have no realistic prospect of success. The pair argued that the DOJ had, among other things, made an error of law in relation to the misconduct in public office offence, not seeking the advice of an outside counsel before reaching the decisions, and there was procedural unfairness and apparent bias. They also sought to challenge why DAB lawmaker Holden Chow wasn't prosecuted over alleged interference with a electrical investigation committee that was looking into the $50 million payment.
but the judge said it would not be fair to Mr. Leung and Mr. Chow for the court to express any view on whether there was sufficient evidence to prosecute both of them, as it should be determined by a judge or jury after having considered all admissible evidence. Mr. Leung accepted $50 million from the Australian firm around the time he took office in 2012, and he never declared the money. After a four-year investigation, the DOJ announced at the end of last year that it wouldn't take action because of a lack of evidence. The Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has accused Beijing of using arbitrary detentions as a tool in pursuit of political goals. It's the latest broadside in a diplomatic and trade row with China. Sean Kennedy has more. Mr Trudeau told the Toronto Star editorial board that Western allies have expressed concern about a Chinese tactic that observers have described as hostage diplomacy. Canada's relations with China soured after its arrest of Chinese Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou on a US warrant last December. Nine days later, Beijing detained two Canadians, former diplomat Michael Kovrig and businessman Michael Spavor, and accused them of espionage. The move was widely seen as retaliation for Ms Meng's arrest. Beijing has arrested other foreign nationals and charged them with espionage or attempting to steal state secrets. And Mr Trudeau said the West needs to work out how to engage with China, but also has to realise that Beijing plays by a very different set of rules and principles. In a sign this week that the two countries may be ready to talk, Ottawa and Beijing, which had been without representation for months, nominated new ambassadors. And news just ends. Zimbabwe's first post-independence leader, Robert Mugabe, has died. He was 95. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has insisted that holding an early general election is the only way progress can be made on Brexit. At the end of another difficult day, Mr Johnson said he'd rather be dead in a ditch than ask the European Union for another delay. But he will be required to do so once legislation is approved. The BBC's Jessica Parker reports from Westminster. Boris Johnson's had a tumultuous week. His speech, which was made in front of rows of trainee police officers, was an odd affair. The Prime Minister appeared distracted and seemed at times to ramble. It comes after his younger brother, Joe Johnson, announced that he was quitting as a minister and would stand down as an MP at the next election, adding that he was torn between family loyalty and the national interest. The Irish Prime Minister Leo Varadkar says Britain has not given the European Union any workable alternative to the backstop, the insurance policy that would prevent a hard border between Ireland and Northern Ireland after Brexit, but which London says must be scrapped. Mr Varadkar said Dublin's priority was protecting peace on the island of Ireland. Avoiding return to the hard border on this island is a government priority in all circumstances. We must protect the peace on this island and the burgeoning success of the all-island economy. And if there is no deal, then at a certain point, we're going to have to start negotiations again. And the first and only items on the agenda for those negotiations will be citizens' rights, the financial settlement with the European Union and the solution to the Irish border. 
An American woman has been charged with human trafficking in the Philippines after she allegedly attempted to smuggle a newborn baby out of the country. Jennifer Talbot was arrested after a six-day-old boy was reportedly found in her bag as she attempted to board a plane to the U.S. The infant's parents have been charged under a child protection law, while the boy has been placed in the custody of social services. In finance, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,646. That's one. 126 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $51 billion. And in currencies, the US dollar is trading at 107.02 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 10 cents. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 66 cents. And for sports now, here is Atom Chang. The opening game of the NFL's 100th season was a defensive battle won by the Green Bay Packers. They got past their arch rivals, the Chicago Bears, by a score of 10-3 at Soldier Field. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers and his counterpart Mitch Trubisky were each sacked five times. Rodgers connected with Jimmy Graham for the game's only touchdown in the second quarter, and that gave Matt LaFleur a winning start in his new role as Packers head coach. Now the defending champions New England Patriots will start their season on Sunday at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. More from our U.S. sports commentator Ray Jovanovich. Every single game is exciting because it's the opening of the season and every single team has a chance to march to the Super Bowl. So obviously watching the defending champ, the New England Patriots, looking at the Los Angeles Rams again, and of course the New Orleans Saints. Everybody's got to keep an eye on that team. This could be the final season uh, for uh, for their superstar quarterback, and let's see, uh, let's see how that uh, plays out. And also Eli Manning, this could be his last season as well for the New York Giants. The Real Madrid star Gareth Bale has played down suggestions that the last six months have been the most difficult of his career. It comes after he was destined to leave the club, having fallen out of favor with the new boss Zinedine Zidane. Bale will captain Wales in their 2020 Euro qualifier against Azerbaijan tonight. He says he's overcome greater difficulties in his career. It's obviously not been great. I wouldn't say it's the worst time of my career. I remember not playing for a year under Harry Redknapp. So, <laughs> um, no, I, I wouldn't say it's it's the worst time. But yeah, it's um, it's been not ideal. But yeah, I, I know I've been there before. I know how to deal with it. And uh, yeah, it's just about keeping your head down and just keep working hard. And I think you always get re rewarded with with the work that you put in. So um, yeah, I've kept my head down. Keep grinding through everything and uh, yeah, did a good pre-season in terms of training not so much with games but um, yeah and then started the season well so yeah things in football I know can turn quickly and it's just a matter of time always On to tennis six-time winner Serena Williams will go up against the Canadian teenager Bianca Andreescu in this year's US Open Women's Final Williams made short work of Elena Svitolina, winning their semifinal match 6-3, 6-1. Andreescu got past Belinda Bencic 7-6, 7-5. Andreescu is playing in only her fourth Grand Slam tournament. She had never been past a second round at a major, but she's now the first woman to reach the final in her first appearance in the U.S. Open main draw since Serena's sister Venus did it back in 1997. Meanwhile, Serena is aiming for a 24th Grand Slam singles title, which would draw her level with the record-holding Margaret Court. And that's your look at sports. And that's the news from RTHK.